Good evening and welcome to Three Valleys Radio. It's time for another edition of Football Bloody Hell. And on the show tonight, we've got Paul Thorpe. Ricky Hyatt. Adam Davis. And of course me. So settle down and let's have another hour of good old football banter. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Three Valleys Radio's Football Bloody Hell. And I shall immediately hand you over to our host this evening, who needs a bloody haircut. I'm talking about Hilda Pryor. Just to confirm to the listeners, it is called Football Bloody Hell and not Football Bloody Haircut. But, I didn't uh, say that. Yeah. Dickhead. It is a little bit. Well, you can't leave that in. We're going to have to start again now. <laughs> <laughs> right, come on, get on with it then. Get on with it. What's the hold up? Bobby, get your haircuts on. I know. <laughs> I only wish I could. Well, I, since you haven't done it, I've introduced everybody to the guests tonight. Uh, Go on, then. As usual, good old Paul Thorpe's here. Evening, Paul. Good evening, everywhere. I am smarting from a lovely weekend in London. Yeah. Um, so if I fall asleep halfway through, it'll be down to... It's Man United Drizzle. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Adam Davis is here. Hello, Adam. Evening all. Good to have you again. Rick's here. All right, Rick. All right, son. Good. <laughs> and finally, some long-haired, scruffy-looking git called Hilda's here as well. Evening, Hilda. All right, shag. Yeah, I'm all right. You can't <laughs> say that. <laughs> <laughs> after the nine o'clock window yeah <laughs> anyway over to you that's mr starter i was thinking that's that's a good way to start a podcast after we've been described on twitter as professional this week well done lads yeah that's true <laughs> uh but that doesn't discount the fact that there is the editing tool of course yeah so we're just leading our listeners into a false sense of security because we're going to kick off as we always do with a little bit on yeovil town but i say that so what I would say is this week, I think we can all agree that it's just nice to have a little bit of normality because, Adam, I'm going to start with you. The news on Yeovil Town this week is that there isn't really any news and that's what we've wanted for the last two months. Obviously, I don't think we've two spoken years. to you since... Well, quite. I don't think we've spoken to you, Adam, since Martin Hellier has taken over um, the football club. So... Um, no. Firstly, your thoughts and what you think of the situation at the moment. I think I, I think it's so strange because you, you've called it normality. And as AD's kind of already alluded to, it's really been anything but for Town for realistically the best part of two years as an absolute minimum. And you could arguably um, extend that to the last 13. It's been bizarrely nothing but good news for once, which is which has been very, very nice. Um 
I'm very pleased that the takeover has happened simply because uh, it we needed a change. And, and I think the whole club needed a change of everyone was just kind of fed up with everything, really. But it's it's been nothing but good news. He's, uh, Mr. Helly has been in, what, just over a week now? And we've seen the unveiling of we've actually had a full retain list, uh, of which I agreed with most of them uh, and agree with Mark Cooper's comments. We've, we've still kept a fairly strong squad, which I think is appropriate for the National League South. Um, we've kept the manager. Uh, we've we've kept the linchpin of all of them, uh, uh, Three Valleys' favourite, Josh Staunton. Um, we've announced the development of a new academy, or something that's pretty similar to an academy. Uh, Hewish Park looks twice as good as it did the last time I was there already, thanks to a fancy blowtorch, if you look at social media. And, and there's lots of season tickets being bought as well. I think there's nothing but really good news there. The only thing we're missing now... Uh, and I think we'd be incredibly selfish if we really made this a point. Uh, we could do with a few signings. Start building into a squad that we can really take into pre-season. That being said, um, we're still only in May, uh, and they won't realistic uh, players won't return to pre-season till probably the first of July, in and around that sort of time, which still gives them uh, well over a month to, to pin down who exactly they want. So um, nothing but good news, really. Yeah, definitely, and. Just linking into last week, Thorpey, I'm going to come to you. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Hellier chose Football Bloody Hell to speak to the fan base and let everybody know what his plans were for the immediate future. And it was refreshing to listen to last week, wasn't it? I thought he came across extremely well, uh, honest as well. Um, so hopefully that, that that absolutely is critical, that, that uh, we sort of like talked about open and transparency which I think is, is, is going to be key to his success. And it's just really lovely also to see him, um, you know, pictures in the paper or on media, social media, of him actually like at the football club, helping to sell the season tickets and doing something that he said he was going to be doing in, in, in his interview of getting in touch with the community. And it's such a simple thing, just helping out and selling a few season tickets will go a long way because it shows that he's in touch with uh, the local community straight away. Yeah, and as Adam touches on AD, not only are we getting the <clears throat> off-the-pitch stuff finally sorted out, well, the on-the-pitch is kind of taking shape as well, as Adam touches on with the retained list. And probably, you would argue, it's only really Grant Smith, who's probably the key player who won't be returning to the club for next season. Yeah, before I react to your um, inquiries, as it were, uh, there's some great news out. First of all, we at last we found a more biased person about football than me, in that Mika Richards has got to be the most biased pundit I've ever heard in my life. So that's the first question answered. There was another one, and I've forgotten what it is now. It just goes to show I have got dementia. But in regard to Yeovil... Um, First of all, good old Mr. Hellier has come to the aid of, of us, all our suffering people. And, um, by, we're glad to have him. And uh, everything he's said, everything he's done so far has shown exactly what his intentions are. Um, something we've all been crying out for for the last three or four years. And finally, we've got it. it you know, it seems very strange, almost impossible to believe that we could have had so many false starts in this whole process when you look back on it you know i mean i'm going right back to um oh what was the american guy from that bought wickham in the end um what was his name Coombe Hick. 
couldn't it get couldn't it? that's it well you had him then we had um Priestnell, then we had um, 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 um jenkins uh then we had the uglers and finally we've reached our um our destiny in in mr hellier and you know it just seems unbelievable all of those other deals could go wrong for whatever reason i suppose it's because because Priestnell just didn't want to play ball i don't know but um I think it's 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 all systems go now. I am somewhat surprised that they did uh, not include uh, Grant Smith on the uh, on the uh, retain list, but that might be because Grant Smith doesn't fancy playing in uh, National League South. I don't know, but uh, might be that. So, uh, but at the end of the day, they they they've kept uh, a, a fairly strong nucleus to the squad, and and hopefully there'll be some even stronger ones coming in in the next day or so. Talk, are you coming in there? Yeah, yeah. I, I just like to say a little bit about Grant Smith. I think that, um, that if we had kept him, um, he probably would have been playing possibly three levels below what I believe he could play at. So I think that Grant Smith has made the right decision for his career. We can't hold him back. He was absolutely magnificent for us. Um, I, I would have thought by playing Will Boos um, at the end of the season, I thought that we might have been trying to do a deal would try and get him there because I think he showed up pretty well. Uh, I think certainly for that level of uh, that standard of football, I think he'd have been an ideal goalkeeper for us. But obviously, Mark's got his eye on, you know, a new fresh start on, on that side of things. Um, again, Owen Bevan would have been nice to have, have maybe done some type of deal, maybe another loan season with us. But maybe that's again the level of football that the, his present parent club probably doesn't want them to be at. So. Um, yeah, I think the retain list looks good. Um, I think there's good base there. And it also gives Mark the opportunity to bring in some of his own players, doesn't it? And um, and, and uh, he'll know roughly what to do to, to get us in that position where we can really start trying to press, certainly for playoff position, if not um, promotion. Interesting that you said that, though, Thor, because I think I read this morning, um, Will Buse was only ever on loan. For, for a start from Bristol City, and mm. him and, and Josh Hours have actually both been released as yeah. of today, today by yeah. Bristol City. So, so as much as we're saying, would um, have we retained them? Well, officially, no, because we couldn't contractually. But that yeah. isn't to say that we we won't be bringing him in uh, towards the end of the season, of which a lot of people sung very high praises of him. Um, I think you're absolutely right in the assessment of Grant Smith that he is realistically a League Two keeper uh, playing. Yeah. And, and kept us in there. Um, as we all know, I'm a man of the stats. Um, he was probably the second best keeper in the National League behind Nathan Ashmore uh, of Boreham Wood. And for a team that looked so leaky and so poor for all of last season, for him still to stand out as much as he did, I think is testament to how good he was. Um, and I don't think any, I don't think anyone can really be disappointed that he's he's not stayed. Um, I, I, I was a little bit disappointed that Max Hunt has moved on. Um, as I quite liked him when he when he played, but he seemed a bit... He's been in and out of the sides all year, really. Hargreaves never really took to him, and, and Cooper never never seemed to quite make his mind up on, on him. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether we can get a new contract with Matt Worthington as well, because we haven't, yeah. we haven't officially got him uh, under contract yet. Um, but That would be one hell of a signing for this level of football. I think, again... I, I think you might be right. I think I've never been fully sure on how, well, on the overall quality of Matt Worthington. Not fully. He's had games where he's looked brilliant, 
a bit like Lawson Diaz. Both of them looked amazing on some days and then looked a bit naff on others. So um, maybe the National League South is exactly what we looked from him. And I wouldn't be, I'd be interested if we picked up Josh Hours as well, because he looked good in the few games that I saw of him when he was on loan for all of 20 minutes around February time this year. I, I, I have to disagree with you about Matt, Matt Worthington. I, 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 see, it's the players around him as well. I think Matt is, is um, certainly above this standard of football. Um, I think towards the end of the season, he showed the real passion of trying to get this football club back, you know, uh, and, and playing some decent football. So I, I, I think that sometimes the players around you need to contribute to you looking good as well. And I don't think that, that um, I don't think we supported Matty Worthington one iota. I mean, Richard Coop when they played together, and when Diaz came in when he when he could because of uh, in, you know, his injury uh, crisis, then um, then I think that he really showed um, a, a desire to play for this football club. And um, I thought his towards the end, I thought his his uh, level of, of playing and level of quality, I actually thought was 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 decent, decent, very decent. Well, we don't mind a little bit of uh, debate on this no, show. No, absolutely. That, absolutely. That, that's what it's here for. That's absolutely fine. Um, I want to bring Rick in now. Um, Rick, is it just Hello. nice to be able to be in a position where Yeovil Town can concentrate on things like players being brought into the club now and not having to worry about things off the field? And by that question, I obviously mean, what do you think of Micah Richards? Adrian's an idiot. Uh, for watching it, I wouldn't have. I, I, I was watching something else. I, I can't remember what it was. I think I was watching uh, the glorious 1 0 defeat away at Bournemouth on Match of the Day at the time. Why would you watch Michael Richards? He's, he's obviously what he's going to be doing. So it's pointless. Interesting point about that, though, all that after match shenanigans. Uh, one one thing. Uh, did you see uh, Mr. Mr. Harlan uh, and his expletive? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also saw his, when, his attire as on, he went out. When, when, when David Bernstein, Manchester City's chairman, was chairman of the, of the FA, Wayne Rooney just said a similar thing on air. And suddenly the FA thought it was so serious that they banned him two games, one of which was the FA Cup semi-final against Manchester City. Uh, be interesting to see if the FA take the same action against Harlem and rule him out of the FA Cup final. It's exactly the same offence. There's been a precedent set. So, uh, anyway, I'm sure we'll be discussing the lovely... I, I never, I never saw it. Football club in a bit. Uh, as far as Joe will go, um, yeah, I, I, I thought Mr Hellier came across well last week. He's enthusiastic, wants to do stuff, has been proactive, which is what we wanted. Communication is there, which is chalk and cheese with what we've had to put up with the last... We've had to make stuff up and guess. You know, for the last few pods, not ridiculous guesses, but surmise what was going on on little scraps of information. And I'm pretty sure if you had to ask Mark something, he'd give you a straight answer, which is so different to what we've had to put up with. But then let's see what's, uh, what does happen. And Matt Worthington, yes, please sign again. But, I mean, he, he, I think he's in a similar situation to Grant Smith. You know, if a League One or a League Two club could quite easily come in for him, he might be possibly waiting waiting on that before he signs with Yeovil. So we'll have to wait and see. But at that level, he would, he'd be outstanding, I think. I yeah. think we're, so, where Matt Worthing is concerned, he does owe us an arm on uh, bloody hell. So um, I'll, I'll chase him up on that on, and see if we can get him on. Yourself. Pardon? 
Get Matt, come on, explain yourself, man. Come on. Mm. I'll cut it out in a minute, don't worry. Thank God for Edison. Well, just, I, think, I think what it does, it gives him an opportunity to really drive this football club and give him something to really chase for, and that's promotion. Yeah. You know, and get him back to the level yeah. he was playing at. You know, I think that, you know, if I, if I can have a chat with him, I, I, I'd, I'd say, you know, if I was the manager, I'd be saying, this is your opportunity now to go out and really drive this football club, you know, and drive the midfield um, to, to a level where we, we, we come almost like a, a Wrexham and a Notts County, you know, and if he can get those players that he requires to strengthen the squad, you know, what do I, what do I, what am I looking for for next season? I'm looking for a strike force that's hungry. I'm looking for wingers who are hungry to get crosses in. I want midfield players hitting the box. I want also supporting midfield players, you know, looking for the second ball. I want us winning more second ball. I don't want a lot. I want everything. But I believe that we can achieve that if we've got the right players with the right desire. You know, Matty Worthing has shown that when he's not getting these silly sending-offs, you know, because he's critical to the team, and it really showed up when he wasn't in the team that he can really have that um, deep. I want him to be a leader like Josh has been. You know, let's be fair, Josh had an amazing season under really hard circumstances with his knee. And I think that if um, if he could really take something from, from his book and be that second leader, I think he could be, you know, I think bigger clubs could be coming in from after that. I think, in in fairness to Matt Worthington, is that he he's been through he's been at Yeovil actually quite a long time, split across him being here permanently, and I think he had two loan spells here before when he was at Bournemouth. And in fairness to him, he's he's always been at the club when it's been on a decline. Now it's been pretty hard because basically, if you've been associated with Yeovil in the last ten years, you've been on a decline. But he's been here through an awful lot of it and seen a lot of the difficulties. Um, and I think that would be a real massive appeal to him, so that. Yeah, maybe maybe this is exactly the type of thing where we can go. Actually, for once, you might be playing in a winning side, uh, and you can be part of something much bigger. I think those that we've we haven't really talked about too many of the sort of maybe classes the bit part players who are still technically under contract. Um, prior to both of them being purchased by Yeovil, Scott Pollock and Jake Young were notable players in the National League South. I think Scott Pollock was maybe top scorer for midfielders, and Jake Young looked very good for Chippenham before coming to us and taking a little bit of time to, to get settled, should we say, and probably put it politely. Um, maybe, with that back down at that level, we can actually have a proper go at it again. So it's, uh, again, I think it's be the it's the the underlying theme to the whole club is that actually there are more positives than negatives for once. Yeah. I think so. I think so. I think hopefully over the next couple of weeks, uh, things like the squad will then start to take shape and then we'll be able to get a better idea of of how things are going to look, particularly on the pitch, going forward for the start of the season. Like you say, finally look forward to a season with a bit more excitement rather than a little bit of trepidation and looming about you know the future of the club, whether we'll even have a club to support, let alone how that they're going to do um, on the pitch. But stay tuned over the next couple of weeks where we hope to bring you all the latest from Hewish Park. So we're going to have to kick into gear then and talk about the fact that Manchester City have confirmed the championship because Arsenal, well, there's been a lot of talk about whether or not they've been bottling it or not, but it's fair to say that they've certainly given up completely over the last couple of weeks. I think that 
once they knew that it was probably near on impossible to capture them, I think it just deflated the whole squad. And that was reflected uh, in the game against Forest because they went down with a whimper, really. But good news for Forest as they survive. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But Thorpe, I'll start with you. City have got the job done. Five titles out of the last six seasons. I'm sure yeah. Rick will be first to point out that, yes, of course, there is an asterisk against it because we don't know what's going to happen um, with the charges. But I guess from our point of view and the media generally, until that's been decided, you've got to just kind of take it for what they've achieved until we're told otherwise. Well, I think you'll be a long time waiting. I think you're going to be, able to be extremely patient. I think this could go on for years. You know, um, they've been given... Um, hundred and something odd case uh, charges they're going to want to uh, get a good defense for each and every one of them that's not going to take five minutes um, and uh, they'll try and bring it on for as long as possible because you know, the longer it goes on the least interested that everybody else gets gets with it so um, I, I, nothing will happen very soon there um, we've talked about it before with the likes of uh, Real Madrid Barcelona even the likes of by Munich, have all been doing this in the past before. Um, is it right? No. Um, do they give a, a precedence of, 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 of like not caring about what the FA think? I think that's probably a little bit about it, which is wrong. They need to be punished, and I think that if the, if the FA are going to do something about it, then then they need to act swiftly. And uh, there's no point in throwing a fine. They'll, they'll, they'll take the fine because they'll need the, you know, the money for, the, for their, their, their cashes, their cash, cash rich FA as they are. You know, but I think a points deduction would be, um, and a large point deduction would be a suitable fine for this. And then if they want to um, challenge it, then, then let them challenge it. But if the FA are, are stern on making a point, the only way to do it now would be a points deduction. But if they're not found guilty longer term, then Ailey, as much as it pains us all, then you've got to kind of take the take their achievement on merit, I guess, and say, well done. Look, I, you know, I'd be the first to admit I am, I'm totally red and I'm totally biased. But that, having said all that, you have to hold your hands up and say that to win, uh, is it six out of seven or five out of six? I'm not sure which, but it's one or the other. Five out of six. Yeah, that. I mean, that is. That is one hell of an achievement. Um, okay, we know you know that they've they've been cheating behind the scenes, but you can't really put that on the players. The players haven't been cheating. It's the whole club's been cheating. It's the whole hierarchy of the club's been cheating. If they have been in fact allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, yeah. So you know, and, and I, I, yeah, I'm jealous. Of course, I'm jealous. I freely admit it. I, you know, I want Man United to be there, not Man City, um, and I shall carry on wanting that until I, the day I die. But at the end of the day, um, you've got to hold your hands up and say that the team, you know, in particular, the one that I think, uh, you know, who's who's the one I'd like to sign for United if I was going to sign any of them is is Gundogan. I think he's been absolutely incredibly good. That guy, yeah. Um, a, yeah. A, you know, really, really unsung hero. He doesn't get the praise he should do. I think he's brilliant, but he's a City player, and as such, that you know, that's the end of the story, really. So we will see what happens next season. I mean, they still. I, I, I just desperately hope they don't win the treble. Um, you know, I, I don't. I think where they're going to, they could go into the um, Champions League final a little bit. Um, 
almost thinking this is we've just got to turn up and I think they could be in for a surprise because we all know that if an Italian team decides to close the door they do it extremely well extremely well and they could you know just just park the bus for the whole of the 90 minutes and maybe sneak a goal on penalties or something so you know mm. you never know you never know can I just jump in there one thing is for sure is that you can buy all these fantastic players. You know, Chelsea have, have, have spent an absolute fortune. Derby tried it in the past many years ago and and failed. You can buy all these players, but they've got to be knitted together. And they've got to be so the recruitment of that football club is absolutely a one. You know, uh, the coaching side of it is a one. The desire of the players is kept to a high standard for a long period of time. The players are released at, at good times. I think you know Gundogan is a is a I, I think you could probably easily get another season out of him, you know. But he's going to move him on. He's going to bring somebody else in who's hungry. So the the club have got got it got it right. Yet they haven't played by the rules, you know, strategically right. And and that that to me is wrong. So that's where it's got to be put got to be put right. But you've got to say, what a squad, you know, the desire that they have to keep on pushing, you know. And as one of the players said, it's up to them. You know, it's all right as, as being brilliant, but we've got to try and keep up with the manager because his desires are such, and his enthusiasm is incredible. So, you know, as, as one of them said on, on the weekend, you know, it's up to us to try and keep up with him. Rick Hyatt, discuss. What a load of nonsense. <laughs> uh, ben Johnson can run fast, can't he? Lance Armstrong can ride a bike faster than anyone else. It's exactly the same situation. This is financial doping of the, uh, the highest extreme. And uh, for a club to boo the Champions League anthem, because let's forget, let's not forget, they weren't found innocent, they weren't not guilty, they ran out of time to press the charges with that, and they accepted it and paid a fine. But that, then their supporters to boo that anthem of the competition, then turn around to be so desperate to win it, and they did the same thing on Sunday. They booed the Premier League anthem, yet they won it because they happened to say they got 115 charges. 115 different situations where they cheated. You take it right back, allegedly. If you take it right back to the very first one of those, everything that's happened since is a consequence of that. It's a building block from that. Everything couldn't have happened unless that first time they got away with it. So everything they bought, and you can say, oh, it's nothing to do with the players right now, it's everything to do with the players right now because under normal circumstances, they wouldn't be at that club. It's only the fact that they've got the um, situation and they've built the club up as they have by breaking the rules that's put them in a situation to do that. And for anybody to turn around and say, oh, yes, but they play beautiful football, so what? Like I say, Ben Johnson could run faster than anyone else. He didn't do it legitimately. If, you, if people are prepared to accept that end result, what ha the means that they've done to do it, they the means that they've taken, the, the measures they've taken in order to produce that, then get out of football because football's not the sport for you. It's no, got I, absolutely I, nothing I, to do with football. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's right. I'm, I'm saying it. No, league, but then again, the league needs the league should the league should jump on it straight away. Then of course they should. It's the, it's the, the thing league. is the ironic thing about this is right now the Premier League by allowing it to happen, are undermining their own product. 
this is the first time I've seen City win a thing and everybody's in the in the media because they're scared of legal action from City lauding them. On social media today, Adam might know this, <laughs> I've, had, I've, I've, I've been looking at your social media today, the backlash is bigger from genuine football people than I've ever known it before. Every single post I've seen of some media outlet, be it the BBC, be it the Premier League, be it anything, every time they put something up positive about Manchester City, if you look at the comments section underneath it, every single one virtually mentions 115 charges. People are sick to the back teeth of it. It's ruining the, the Premier League. They won't have a product to sell to anyone else if they let them carry on like this because it isn't, say, it isn't fair. Everybody's had good teams before. Football is cyclical. It happens. That's the nature of it. Liverpool had a great team in the 80s. United did in the 90s, early 2000s. Arsenal did their bit. This, what, but what's happening now is absolutely disgraceful and it's sports washing of the worst, worst kind. And the thing is that you know what Man City will do. They'll, they will, you're absolutely right to say that they will make this last as long as they possibly can. But now yeah. they're getting to the stage now, they've complained that the judge is an Arsenal fan. Hmm. Really? If you had nothing to worry about and you haven't broken any rules, you front up and say, there you are, there's my documents, have a look at it. It's not. They're guilty as, guilty as anything can be and more fool everybody else for allowing it to happen and, and being prepared to stand by yeah. and let them hijack and ruin all the, all the things that we always used to love about the Premier League, they've taken it away. And it's not yeah. the players' fault. The players are going to take whatever opportunity is there. But Manchester City, as and it's not them, it's not the, even the football club. I almost feel the genuine Manchester City fans who were there in, before all this money came in, how cheap must this feel? Short term, it's lovely. We all like our team to do well. But when you know that it has zero credibility, and history will not judge this whole situation well, I don't think, it will reach a tipping point, and it is going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back, unless they get on get onto it quickly, because it is it is killing the Premier League as a spectacle, and the, the FA won't have a product to sell around the world, because who wants to watch a procession every year? Don't you think it's it it, um, it shows up FIFA kind of for what they are as well in that they are allowing. What if FIFA haven't got anything to do with it? It's, it's, it's uh, well, all right. You, UEFA, UEFA, FIFA. But it's all football, and they they are the two controlling bodies of football. They it's ought to be agents. stepping in. Comes, it comes the, down to money, short termism, feathering your own nest. If you if they're supposed to be the custodians of the game, there won't be a game. Mm, no, I What's agree, but that's what I'm any... saying. It it shows them up for what they are. Yeah. Because they're no better. If they're letting this they're go on, drag they're on for year after year after year, using the, the, the court procedure as their defence, then, you know, it's, it's going to be that way, isn't it? And we're, we're going to be more frustrated than ever every year it goes on. So cutting into that then, Adam, are you able to break this down and tell us exactly how long Rick's going to have to endure this before we get a decision? Ah, I, I anyone who loves football is wrong. I think, well, I think Rick is right that it will be dragged out as long as it possibly can. For the simple fact of, 
Um, Manchester City will hire better, more expensive lawyers than the Premier League. Because yeah. that is exactly what happened when UEFA tried to charge them in 2017. The same allegations, same things made on them. It has all happened before. We've already talked about Preston today already. So it's this is this will be dragged out. This will get to the point where Manchester City will try and throw it out because of problems that they'll just simply go, you're bringing this up far too late. Because you've got to remember, the 115 allegations are spread out across just under a 10-year period. I think it's uh, 2009 to 2018. Yeah. yeah. Which, and, and the argument would be made, and, and obviously I've got the numbers because why wouldn't I? Um, the numbers that Manchester City are claiming that they've earned over the last couple of years, <laughs> in, my, in my humble opinion, are probably right. The issue they have is actually... How did they get to those numbers to build up to them as they're now earning? They probably earn roughly about the same amount of money across all three revenue streams uh, that Man United do. And based on the way Manchester City has been over the last couple of years, there's probably a legal case to go, yeah, that's about right. What was going on in that period before then, sort of 2010 to 2015, where Man City was still building, they had for every for every excellent signing like Fernandinho, they'd sign... Uh, Di Michaelis or or, uh, or Julian Lescott and things like that and you'd go, mm, not not so sure what it will do is that Man City will drag this out to the point where they go, this is so far away now you can't you can't criticise us for this we've been excellent for the last 5-10 years, no matter how long they've dragged this out that, What put them in that position, Adam? The what is it that's put them in that position to be good from this period on? It's, it's the building blocks at the start the and I, I for once, Rick, I completely and wholeheartedly agree with you. But the issue that they'll have is because it's not a cost. Um, we're not having to go at what they've spent. We're having to go at what they've earned. These sponsorship deals, which is probably even from a legal perspective, even murkier than any other way that they could earn some money. You get given the money by a sponsor that they think that deal is worth. How can we then argue, uh, well, it's very hard from a legal perspective to argue that they've overinflated it. Because if they've decided, yes, we will pay the money to Manchester City for that sponsorship, it gets very, very difficult to try and argue anything else. Adam, talking, talking, of, talking of like how that plays out, but, but fans calling it out, absolutely fine. But do we then need to make sure as fans, we're also consistent above the um, across the board as well and what I mean by that and correct me if I'm wrong yes to a lesser expen extent but am I right in thinking that Everton have pretty much got the same charges but because they're at the wrong end of the table nobody cares and nobody talks about it but it's still essentially the same thing whether you're achieving or not it's still the same allegation still the same breaches that are being yeah, breach, as they say, but no one yeah. cares because it's at the bottom end of the table. And unless well, you this is from it, it, actually, this is it because actually they do care. Is that there are constant talks in the media of Leeds, of Leicester, of Southampton, and all the other clubs that are on the brink of relegation actually very annoyed with Everton because they're effectively taking up one spot that could mean survival in the Premier League, arguably um, artificially. This is exactly this is exactly it. But because it hasn't got a rich six branding on it because everton as opposed to spending the money well like man city have they've spaffed it which is what everton have done it makes it a lot harder or this is why there's less 
um, conversations over it. But yeah, very reasonably, you could say um, Everton are in the exact same position. People don't necessarily know where Everton have earned this money from. Well, we, we have some ideas. There's potential links to Russia, again, allegedly. Um, but it's all built down to that their main sponsorship is currently sponsored by Alesha Uzminov, who paid way over the price for a company no one's ever heard of on a training ground that people don't call anything except Finch Farm. And they've and somehow Everton have gone, yeah, that's a £50 million sponsorship deal. OK, yes, it's not as flashy or as um, exotic as the allegations made at Man City and certainly not as many. But the the scenario is still extremely similar. So the, uh, the question is then, come on, UEFA, come on, FIFA, get your house in order and bloody sort it out. The, the I, interesting I, thing about this, like I, like I said earlier, just to finish off me having a rant about it, is it's, this is the first time I've really noticed, you take out club rivalries, Liverpool was successful in the 80s, I hated every minute of it, but deservedly, they were the best team in the in the country, so they achieved success. The legitimacy of this amongst other supporters across the board nobody takes it seriously at all nobody gives city any credit for what they have achieved because everybody i think or i can't speak for everybody but certainly more and more people are just sick and fed up with the way that they've gone about it and the effect it has on everybody it's finally it's it's supporters that have have had enough of it they can't they can't put up with it anymore hopefully but unless the rest of the Premier League decide that they're not going to play until it's resolved. I don't know how you really, like, I get what you're saying about being a football purist, etc. but you... Win. Two, three. And I just don't know how... We're, what we're supposed to do in the meantime, because, like I say, I go back to it, unless the rest of the Premier League decides to stop the competition because they're saying, well, we're going to have to take action now we can't allow this to happen what you what you kind of left with because you know the way that it goes as well that manchester city quite often are always on the telly and stuff and then you just kind of you get forced to watch it half the time don't you and then you kind of just have to judge things as you see them and i don't know it's just it does make you doubt your whole kind of the whole and globe process yeah exactly it is exactly I think... I'm sure I also read as well, Adam, sorry, is that there's potentially the same issues with Chelsea. They were just never actually fully investigated when you actually look into where the money come from under Abramovich. And there was a quite a sizable loan which actually comes yeah, from loans, the vicinity of Vladimir Putin and his team. Like we could go on for quite some time looking into different avenues, not taking away from what's happening at Man City. Yeah, absolutely. And you just got to hope as well that this Newcastle regime doesn't go the same way. I think now, if you look at the whole of football, there are, there, you know, it's it's a it's a money shop. Everything is all evolves around money, and I bet you every single club has looked at ways of of getting around the system. I bet they all have. Um, it's just that some of them are less blatant than others, and you know we don't. Heaven forbid that United have, but who's to say they haven't? We we don't know. We're not inside their books. But, you know, if they did a proper due diligence on every club, I bet you most of them would come pretty close to it. I would I would argue um, those that are the powers that be in each of the respective towers of each of the Premier League clubs, or any club really, 
if you're not trying to find loopholes, you're not doing your job properly. Yeah. Yeah. The difference has been the fact that Man City, we've been able to, we've been able to stamp down a few explicit moments where we can go, this is what's happened to Manchester City. Chelsea, you, you're right. There is, if we sat here and tried to bring down every slightly murky bit that's been going on in football, even in the last five years we'd have to extend the podcast by about tenfold because there's always going to be lots and that they will find ways of doing it the difference that we've got now is that we've actually got something to tie it to we can actually go man city are under investigation but manchester city have been under investigation before so chelsea most of them have everton currently still are um, there's an argument to be made that leeds probably should be under there as well prior to getting into the premier league there's there's lots and lots of cases where this is the case it just happens to be it, this is a it's all to do with um what's the word i'm looking for it's it's selfishness really we're all we're all jealous really of where man city have gone with it that it, it's adam with that much initially initially as a united fan i was and that was always my big my big thing was the fact that they don't deserve to have all this money given to them because it's just it could be any club and that was always the argument with chelsea it could be any club but when you look at what they've actually been up to and what they've done now, it goes beyond just jealousy of money. It's actually corrupting the system. And it's an unfortunate comparison to make, but they are very much like Jimmy Savile in the sense that it's blatantly obvious what's going on. History will not judge them well. And in a few years' time, people will say, oh, yeah, why didn't we see that? It's blatantly obvious. And they're getting away with it. Just it's the cloak of obviousness. And this, but this is, I think, to bring it back to, to Dave's point, is that it's not necessarily a jealousy of money. It's the jealousy of success. And you think about what we say, what can we do? Why aren't the other Premier League clubs fighting this? The reason that most of the other Premier League clubs aren't fighting this is because it doesn't really concern them. They know even if they Man City didn't have the money, they still wouldn't be challenging for the well, they might not want their own the... books looked at, Adam. That's the, that's the point. If they and, go and, staring and that, and it up, very, you know... Yeah, very reasonable point to make. But Aston Villa, Leeds United, Southampton, uh, Notts Forest are not going are not that bothered about what Man City are doing because it's not affecting them. They're more upset with what's going on with Everton. Okay, as we said, less um, less gravitas behind it, less fanfare, but it's it's affecting them personally. And this is why it will continue to drag out. Because as soon as something actually starts to affect them, they always kick up a stink. This is both fans and the clubs themselves. And there is it and it is an important distinction to make between the two. Because as Rick has rightly highlighted, Manchester Manchester United, the club, probably aren't bothered. They still get their Champions League, they're still very successful, and there's lots of other arguments about the Glazers, which I'm not going to say because we'll set Rick off again. But the mm. Manchester United fan the fan will be rightly really quite miffed with this, and they have every right yeah. to feel like that. And yeah. that's the and it's and this is why it will drag out is because mm. realistically the fans don't control it and the clubs simply don't care. But as a fan, don't you feel cheated out of the fact that if you have a competition, you don't just want the best team to win it and to be deserved winners, but you'd like to think that fair play and sport came into it, not just the one that's manipulated the system the best? For me, for me personally, as someone who isn't a fan of a particular Premier League club, it doesn't bother me that for the so the simple fact of if it isn't Man City winning, it'll be Man United. It'll be. Liverpool. It's someone else you don't support, so it doesn't matter, does it? 
that for me for me personally yeah. it's they've what i've seen is manchester city have got the money now on par with the likes of chelsea and manchester united and um, and, and and sit there at the top of these earn some of the most amount of money in the world they happen to have at present spent it better than all the other clubs that's all i see it as they've spent it better how they got the money completely yes there are there's a big black cloud over it if you look at just the money itself they've got the best academy they play the nicest football uh, they uh, they have a quite well-rounded model their women's teams are very good there's all round there's a lot of things to go they've made a decent organization there whether that money was at Man United or at Liverpool or at Chelsea, whoever it is, for me personally, just doesn't matter. By the way, Rick, did you notice that um, Avron Grant, Grant Glazier, where did oh. I get Grant from? He's just spent, yeah, he's just spent uh, uh, £500,000 on hiring a private jet to fly him across from America for two games. For the two, for the two finals, for the Carabao Cup final yeah. and for the Ladies FA Cup final. Yeah. He's put the bill to Manchester United for a private jet, 250 grand each time, and I'm sure nobody other than him wanted him there. But that's why they're leeches. Please, Adam's right. Don't start me off on that lot, otherwise, mm. yeah. I've, I've had the rant. Can I sit we'll down? Another, we'll have another, another, another podcast for that one. Yeah. yeah. What, 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 grind, what grinds me, though, is, is when is our... Go on, it's Thorpey time now. But when's the FA going to grow some balls... Yeah, and, and and stand up to to these uh, to this rule breaking, you know. If it, it, listen, it, it's not right. You shouldn't be ref. Everybody should be on a, a level playing field, as regards to the rules and regulations of what is expected of them at the start of the season, and they should get their club accordingly set up right to deliver that, you know. And um, it, it's obviously not not happening. So instead of you know, like I said before, dock up the points. Take the consequences out of it, but nobody's in the FA. They all want to sit on the fence and be nicey nicey and turn up and have their two sandwiches and a little bit of cake and a cup of tea. I've, I've been there and I've seen it. It does my fruit in, you know, to, to, to the amount of drivel that comes out of some of those people's, you know, you've got five people on stupid money are on the on the dubious gold panel. God alive me. You know, I mean, five people on, on 50, 60, 70 grand a year to decide for what a flipping goal and who it goes to, do me a favour. It's just a boys' club, and they just sit on the fence. I gotta say, grow some balls, do something about it, and then everybody will be happy. But they won't. Adam's right. As long as everybody's getting their own little piece of the pie, yeah. they don't care about the overall product. It's not until people, which is the point I was trying to make, that the FA are undermining their own product until yeah. overseas sales start to. Um, lesson as, because nobody wants to watch it because it's a procession because they've let one team run away with it until that happens and it hits them in the pocket they're not going to be interested they're not going to do anything well, this is my this sorry Adam this links into my overall point as well where yes this is obviously the most looked into and the most high profile and most obvious possibly of the rules being broken but I've touched on it a few times in this in this podcast now that I find it very difficult to know where to draw the line because there's so much other stuff that goes on day in, day out in the football. And we just love football, so we go get on with it and we turn yeah. a blind eye to it because we're all guilty of enjoying it. 
I don't really want to yeah. touch on the World Cup that we've just had, but again, that's just a prime example of really? something we've all had our opinion of. We all don't agree with it, but we all put our shirts on, get down, watch the games, and hope that we get the best success out of that particular tournament. It's going to go like that forever and ever, long after we've gone on and beyond that as well, when everyone's on billions, if not trillion pounds a week. <laughs> I, I, I think you're absolutely right. The, the, the thing we have to remember is football... Okay, yes, the number the numbers have got larger, but football has always been defined by who has the most money. Football, it's, if we talk about, even if we go back to 1888, when they first made the EFL, the whole reason it exists is because the mill owners wanted to pay their players in the north rather than those players in the south that were playing for the sake of amateurism. They got annoyed with it because the northern teams kept winning because they could actually dedicate time with it. The richer clubs continued to win this is a con this is a constant issue that we're always going to have it just happens to be rather irritated with it now but simply put football is the most important of the unimportant things so we simply focus on we want to enjoy the football for a little bit have a little bit of a rant afterwards and then we get on with our lives well let's 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 do just that adam because as always, I have allowed this to go on for pretty much the entirety of the podcast, and we haven't really got a lot of time to talk about anything else. So let's talk about some success stories that did happen this weekend, aside from the Premier League title win, of course, which are A.D. Hopper, Nottingham Forest are safe in the Premier League again. Mm-hmm. Happy with that? Yeah, I'm very happy with that. I think uh, Steve Cooper deserves all the praise he gets for doing what he's done. And, I mean, you imagine trying to integrate 24, 25 new players in the space of time under the sort of pressure that he was under to get a team that can, can get itself together and win games and, and finally save themselves. Brilliant, I think he's done. Very good manager. I was just suddenly thinking to myself, they, they brought in so many players, you just hope that it's all legitimate and nothing hmm. comes out of it at the end of that. They brought in 115. <laughs> I think sorry, if I it wasn't, say, though, that's uh, my own Hilda, I think if it wasn't, that the, the owner of uh, Nottingham Forest would pick them up and squash them in his hands until they fell into little pieces. He's, uh, he's quite a guy. But there, there's a character. We should have had Steve on there because he is, he is one of the most corrupt people uh, <laughs> in Greek football because he's, uh, God knows, paid off so many referees and... Um, that goes uh, on he, to our overall point as well, doesn't oh, it? Oh, it's, it's, he, he is just a character. <laughs> I mean, kissing him from him like med- or whatever he has. Yeah, yeah. Rosary beads and so uh, uh, he's a, he's a character. He's a character. Let me tell you. And I think you really I should think... ask Steve about about him. He'll, he'll give you a a multitude of uh, what's been going on. <laughs> Go on, Adam. Put it this way: it, his his business is in um, logistics. And we'll say no more than that. <laughs> you mean moving things, do you? Is that what you mean, Adam? By <laughs> logistics? Management. Yes, Adam. Just moving things. I will tell you, I will tell you after the programme, Eddie, it's not suitable for broadcast. Okay, fair enough. And don't forget, Hilda, you've got an announcement to make. I do, yes, because uh, Football Bloody Hell, wow, and Three Valleys Radio as a whole has now gone poddy, as I'm sure that you might have seen. Um, on all our adverts across social media that we're now on uh, for, available for any time listening. So shows such as Football Bloody Hell, if you want to listen to the 
ranting that goes on of Rick Hyatt and Paul Thorpe in particular, then you can get that on our podcast <laughs> section of Three Valleys Radio website and where you get your usual podcasts. I don't know so, what he's trying to say, Rick. I don't know. Why is he having a podcast? I do. Hey, what it means is that people can listen to you boys when they're doing the washing up. In the car, on their way to work. In the carsy. In the carsy, if that's what I'd you want to do. Pardon? you take exception to that, wouldn't you? No, I would save your bits for uh, uh. visiting the little boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whilst, we're, whilst we are on the, on the bottom end of the table, though, Rick, it does look like that you might get your wish. And it does look like, for all the intents and purposes, that leads... Barring a miracle from either Leicester tonight as we record this at Newcastle, and if Bournemouth don't get the win at Goodison Park, lots of variables, but it does look mm-hmm. like Leeds are on their way down. Yeah, and Big Sam won't be picking up his £2.5 million bonus for keeping him in the Premier League, although he did pick up a fiver on Saturday, didn't he? Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. Did you see him? He gave it yeah. back. No, he didn't. He kept it. He tried to give it to the fourth official, didn't he? Yeah. Well, he tried then. And then he trousered it himself. Yeah. He probably didn't know what Fiverr was, did he? Yeah. I have to say as well, what a fantastic job uh, uh, Bournemouth have done again. You know, it's... uh, Yeah. You know, uh, just 11,500 people turn up uh, capacity. I mean, they are doing an amazing job uh, of running that football club and... uh, you know, with, with the players that they've got, it's pure heart and desire. And, um, you know, the, the, to be safe again, you know, them, Nottingham Forest, they should be getting Manager of the Year type uh, nominations, really, for uh, what they've achieved. Well, 11,500, isn't that the same as City get? And look, they've gone on and won the league. <laughs> we, we won't even we won't even touch on the fact that uh, Bournemouth's former owner is um is a Russian with questionable past, <laughs> yeah. or we won't talk about um the money that got into Bournemouth at all, or let's let's well, not go down. We no, simply no, no. don't have enough time. It's a romantic <laughs> story, Adam. One that we're all yeah. enjoying. The good them. news is, though, uh, linking it back to Yeovil, that our new chairman isn't called Mr. Helioski, and we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, anyway. Oh, also, the other thing, I mean, Adam, I'm not sure if you are talking earlier on about um, players that uh, Yeovil might buy. Martin did actually last Monday completely refute any possibility of Yeovil Town signing Ronaldo. Well, that was good of him. I, I, I'm, glad, I'm glad that's been, I'm glad that's yeah. been solved because, yeah. you know, every, every, every other... Um, Every other investment we see of, of clubs, particularly in the Premier League, you know, there's there's a Photoshop of Mbappe, there's a Photoshop of Ronaldo. I just don't think they're going to suit area kids. I just it's it's for that. It's If I if I had a pound for every time somebody says to me Fisher and Ronaldo, I just want to see Fisher and Ronaldo. It's exactly. I've heard the Neymar's coming up available as well. I I hear he spends most of his time in South Somerset on holiday. It's, it goes, <laughs> it, he was seen in Tesco's apparently. Funded by Neymar's bank check. All right. Before we do um, wrap up the pod for this week, I do want to touch on the fact that Brighton have confirmed European football, whether that be a conference venture or um, Europa League. I think we're all in agreement that that is a club yep. that has done it the right way, Rick Hyatt. 
Absolutely. Um, they probably cater if past forms anything to go by. If they look to be losing McAllister to your shower and other players to other clubs and whatever, they've, they've got replacements lined up already. It's, it's a sporting model to be envied. Mm. Only to just confirm, yeah. Adam, how to do it, but there we are. I was just going to say, and just to confirm, Adam, before we end, there is no allegation surrounding Brighton and Hove Albion. Um, nothing, nothing ongoing at the moment. They, they, uh, Tony Bloom currently is owed four hundred million by the club. That's how much it's cost them to get from League One to now. So even those that do it properly, it still costs us a fortune. Um, and he was formerly a professional gambler, but I think he won it all legitimately. Allegedly. He was he was friendly, very friendly with Harry Finley, who in fact has appeared in our podcast section. So listen into that. And uh, yes, he does like a little bit of a punt, especially on the Asian markets. So, there you uh, go. There you I go. think that's the best place to leave it for this week. Then it's been quite. Well, you've got three minutes left yet. Now. You're getting a bit ahead of yourself, mate. When I say five oh. minutes, I mean five minutes. And you've got three yeah, minutes to go. I used to be sure and finish early. <laughs> you've got well, three minutes. The podcast has gone, it's gone tonight. I don't think we're getting a topic in in three minutes. Where have you been? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, have, I have missed everything, I don't think. You know. Question is, are Newcastle going to blow it against, New, uh, against Leicester? There's a good one. That'll, yeah. that'll take you three minutes. Uh, well, I think I think Leicester will probably get battered. I don't know about anyone else. Well, I'm sure Rick and I would agree on that. We would rather see Newcastle <laughs> get battered, but uh, there we go. Yeah, uh, three minutes. It's barely enough time to add on to the end of the Liverpool game, is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, why not have ten minutes? I mean, we could extend it by ten minutes if you want, you know. Uh, well, I, you see, I see Mr. Mr. Klopp is, is, is out. I up today, no. Mr. Klopp is out moaning. Did you know that he's he's moaning about some decisions uh, on Saturday against Aston Villa? Didn't and mention the fact that he got ten minutes of extra time. Yeah. There well, you go. To there be fair, I didn't mention about the VAR decision, did I, Thorpe? Didn't mention. No. no. So you know. Well, there we go. That was for you. That was right. Well, now you've got two minutes. <laughs> well. I'm probably going to say congratulations to both United and Newcastle because, let's be honest, it Champions Are you conceding? League. Yeah, I am conceding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Left it a little bit. Left it a little bit too late, didn't we, Thorpe? Just too much to do in the end. To be fair, I think that overall for the whole season, I think they deserve it. We don't, you know, we we've come with a late shout, but um, overall, I think our performances haven't been what we would like or desire. Our pressing game uh, side of the game has not been good enough, you know. And I think that um, the little clear out that's happened, um, I think, is, is is right. It's deserved, and um, we need some fresh blood in there, which will probably take two seasons to embed in. Thorpe, the, I'm um, afraid we've run out of time now. Who'll benefit the most? Liverpool making new signings. Is that dentist, isn't it? Mm. That dentist in Liverpool, yes. yeah. he does everyone's teeth. He did oh, Jurgen, yeah. he did Brendan, he did Firmino. He'll, he'll have some new blood. Well, there you go. 12 seconds to go. <laughs> You've been listening to Football, Football. Bloody Hell. Bloody hell.